You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. There was an idea. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people. See if they could become something more. I have an army. We have a Hulk. This is the Marvel Tribe, brought to you by Walt's Apartment Podcast and the Diz Insider. Avengers! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Marvel Tribe. We are a group of excited and passionate individuals who have come together to share our love of all things Marvel. We are brought to you by Walt's Apartment Podcast and TheDizInsider.com. I am so honored to be joined by our amazing group of Marvel nerds tonight. Uh, Tonight we have Brianna. How are you, Brianna? Hey, good. And our newest member of the tribe, Lewis from Sunken City Designs. How are you, Lewis? I'm doing absolutely amazing. Looking forward to the show. From the big screen to the small print, feel the pulse in your chest so you know you're alive. One team, one love. It's the Marvel Tribe. I had to do David's part because he's I, not I here. I, last second, I was like, wait a minute, David's not here. <laughs> Breaking well, our heart, but that's okay. Yeah. We, we can do this. We've got this. When when the blurred Hulk's not here, we'll play. We'll figure it out. <clears throat> but we can't wait for David to be back with us next week. He was doing some family stuff this week. Um, episode one, Miss Marvel. Initial thoughts. Brianna? I had a lot of fun with this episode. And I really liked it. And it's going to be fun. I, I Like I said on Walt's apartment last week, that honestly coming of age stories are like my guilty pleasure. I have watched them from a child till now. I'm almost 30 and I will continue to watch them forever. I'm okay with that. So honestly, it's right up my alley anyway, but I love this episode. Lewis, what did you think? Your first impressions? My first impressions, I was nervous. I'm not 100% familiar with Miss Marvel's uh, backstory, but overall, as a general person coming into the show, absolutely loved it. It caught me off guard. Me and a buddy of mine watched it and we're like, I don't, I can't realize how much fun I'm actually enjoying in this show from, from the comedy, the story and overall energy of the show. It did have really great energy for me. um, I do know I'm not completely familiar with the backstory, but I know enough to be able to talk about it a little bit, but she reminds me of me a little bit like that geeky girl who wants to be like, Oh, look at all the comic book stuff. Like, I was thinking about Brianna and I, like, and being, I was like, we're finally being represented. And, but, and then it made me really jealous because I wanted AdventureCon. Uh, yeah. I want to go to AvengerCon. Because Comic-Con does like, not look like AvengerCon. Sorry. I was like, what? I, I don't even know what I fully expected when they were talking about AvengerCon. Like, I didn't know what I was ready to see on the screen of what it was going to look like. But that wasn't it. And I was okay with that. It was. So it looked great. like absolute magic. I want to go so bad. I was like, I have never been to a convention like this. The, like, the amount of up. Easter eggs in AvengerCon. I kept looking for Rogers the musical posters to pop up somewhere. <laughs> like I was like, just give us one or a commercial for it, something, because 
Roger the musical is such an underrated joke in Hawkeye that I'm like, keep playing on that. Give us some more of that. But seriously, like AvengerCon would be the best experience of my life. And I think it's really cool that we're at a different generation to where now like the Avengers aren't just like, you know, these heroes, they're part of their media. And it's like they everybody knows about them and everybody wants to be like them and kids want to grow up to be like them. Where So we're starting to see more of that impact that the Avengers had to the point where they would have a freaking like entire con yeah. just for the Avengers. That was one Exciting. of my first thoughts too. It was like, oh yeah, I guess there is a world outside of people looking up to Avengers. And we got a little bit of that with Kate Bishop and stuff, but I was like, we're really seeing it in a wide variety of now of there's a convention that someone's having. Like, I mean, it's really cool to think about. Um, and yeah, it really shows that we are heading into a new era of Marvel. And new Avengers. And new Avengers. New Avengers. Um, so we're, there's is no way that we are going to be able to talk about every single Easter egg that was present from the start of the film or sorry, start of the episode to the end because AvengerCon was Easter egg after Easter egg after Easter egg. Kamala's animations alone were Easter eggs from her comic book series. The, there are so many small details, like the names on the plaques were the original creative team. The names of the plaques in the school. There's so much. So you guys just want to take it like a... Bullet by bullet and review what happened. Um, so Kamala is a sixteen, right? She's sixteen. A sixteen-year-old. Yes, she's fa- taking uh, a driving pa- test. Yeah, six. Yeah, do I remember her telling her mom, "I'm sixteen. She's a sixteen-year-old <clears throat> uh, Pakistani girl. She has a Muslim family, um, and they are raising her with the ideals that they believe are important." And she is kind of a geeky, like, nerd blogger, like, videographer who just, as they kept telling her, has her head in the clouds. So at the beginning, we see that she is going to go take her driving test. Let's just say the girl is not meant to drive. (laughs) There may be a reason that she develops powers later because apparently traveling by car is not going to be her mode of transportation she backs into the um test coordinator's car personal car personal car her her parents reaction to that like why would you let her do that like that was so great like it wasn't them on her it was like well why did you let this happen and the driver's what what do you mean (laughs) and then he uh he turns around he drops that's my car oh that was that that drive that driver's test well tried Kind of driver's test was like one of my favorite scenes of the whole show. It was great. This is where I really get the personality of the parents. And honestly, I love her parents. I love her parents. Oh my gosh. Like they are very strict. They are. But it's for good reason. Like they have her best interests at heart, you know. And they're funny. They're quirky. I like that. Yes. So when we get to that scene, <laughs> oh my goodness, they call it the Little Hulk. Um, 
then she ends up going to school and we get to meet Bruno, who's her bestie, and Zoe, who they used to be friends with Zoe and now they're not really friends with Zoe anymore. That is true in the comics as well. Um, like the typical every teen story. Yeah. Your friend that yep. got cool and left you. Um, there's kind of like some gentrification kind of thing that goes on there, but don't want to dive too far into it. But um so we, we're just kind of seeing what she's like at school. She doesn't really fit in very well. Like she's doodling on all of her notepads, and we see her animations following her down the hallways, and she is in the chem lab and you know she's doing experiments and stuff we're getting to see the snippets of her in her different classes and she kind of makes a little bit of an explosion happen um that was something that i wanted to talk about because the back okay so the story from the comics is that miss marvel is an inhuman so if you watched agents of shield she uh, is is like those characters were. They were inhumans. And basically it's in their DNA and something happens, a process called teragenesis, and it kind of like reconfigures their molecules and then they have superpowers. So that blue mist reminded me of teragenesis. Um, I don't know that the MCU is going to talk about teragenesis anytime soon. They may tie... Um, her getting her powers into the relic that she ended up putting on her body. That was her grandmother's. But I think it would be really exciting if they did bring Terra Genesis into it, because I would love to see Inhumans brought back into the MCU since we kind of lost that with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. not being canon. Um, where do we go from there? Any thoughts on that? Or I honestly thought too that like when I first saw that I was like oh she gets her powers in science lab in the very first scene and then I was like as it comes in later I was like with the bracelet I was like this makes more sense but yeah I did eventually think that too I was like I want this I want Terra Genesis (laughs) I want the real story (laughs) um Lewis any thoughts on that I agree I think Agents of Shield I mean I feel like if they brought some of that in some of the key parts that made Agents of Shield good you don't gotta bring everything in there because there's a a, a mixed review about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There's a lot of good and there's a lot of like, well, we don't mm-hmm. need that. But if we can bring in the Terragenesis from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I felt like that was one of the key parts that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. really brought to the MCU and yeah, that would be over it more because we were supposed to get an Inhumans movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like that Inhuman component is what I am ready for. Absolutely. Um, then she gets called to the counselor's office. And he basically tells her what her parents have been telling her to get her head out of the clouds and to figure out what she wants to do with her life because college is going to be coming soon and she doesn't know what she wants to do. So he tells her she needs to figure it out fast, which that's a big decision to put out a 16 year old. I know. So I'm like, I'm 32 and I still don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up. (laughs) I'm going to develop AvengerCon. Honestly, that was one of the biggest things I hated about high I mean there was a lot of things I hated about high school but being constantly told that I needed to know my whole future and I needed to know the job that I was going to do for the rest of my life and I'm like okay <laughs> which led me to six years of college and changing my degree and you know tons of different things so doesn't work out I like the so keep going Mala. yeah I like the little easter egg it might have been easter egg I took it that way 
as when uh, the counselor is like, oh, no, that's not me. That was my dad. You can just call me. And he mentions his first name. And it reminded me of Saving Mr. Banks when Walt's like, no, no, Mr. Disney's my old man. You can just call me Walt. And I was like, so I don't know if that was mm-hmm. an easter egg for that. But the way they introduced the counselor, it just reminded you of Saving Mr. Banks the whole time. He was funny. He was funny, too. Um, did not give very good advice. No. No. Not a good counselor. Um, but he seemed like he cared, just in a weird way. So further on, we kind of see her and Bruno. Bruno is awesome, too. He's like the best friend you could ask for. Um, and they are making their costumes for AvengerCon, and they're trying to figure out their plan for how they're going to get to AvengerCon because Kamala had initially planned on telling her mother she was going to use the car after passing her driver's test to run some errands for her brother's wedding. Well, not going to be the case because she can't drive. So they are spending a lot of time trying to figure out a plan um, and making their costumes. And where do we want to go from there? (laughs) I'm a little bummed uh, that we didn't see uh, Bruno as Tony Stark. I thought that was perfect. And then when he showed up to the AvengerCon as somebody else, I was like, wait a minute. What happened to me, a buddy? We were like, he's got the goats, he and everything. He's ready. Like when they I, the costumes, oh my gosh. I was like, come on. I thought it was hysterical that he decided to be Bruce Banner after the conversation about Big Hulk and Little Hulk. You know, I didn't even put that comparison <laughs> together. That's right. So eventually Kamala ends up asking her parents if she can go. She, she and, could have set out too, like whole presentation of why she's going. It's really because Bruno wants to go and she just has to be there. But that's not true at all because she's amazing. Um, Yeah, so she is basically asking her parents if she can go. And her mom and dad are like, no, absolutely not. You're not going to a party. So in the comic series, what happens is she is, her parents, you know, are strict. Don't let her go out. Um, That kind of, like, just very strict like no you can't go anywhere that there may be boys you can't go anywhere that there may be alcohol or there may be drugs which i mean is responsible parenting but AvengerCon is not a party but her mom calls it a party and she's like there's gonna be boys there and, and we can't trust what other people do and just doing her typical mom thing and her brother walks in in the middle of it and is like, oh, whoa, what's, what's going on here? So she kind of gets sent to her room, and then her brother comes up and talks to her and tells her, you know, he'll he'll work on the parents because he's, he's the oldest, and they kind of don't give him that hassle. So her mom comes in a little bit later and tells her that she can go to um, AvengerCon, but her dad has to go with her. And she has created her costume because she didn't want Kamala wearing tight-fitting or skimpy outfits. Uh, So she makes her this little Hulk (laughs) costume, which you just have to see. And her dad is also going to go as Big Hulk. And this is where a fight ensues between her and her parents. And she hurts her dad's feelings and... Her mom is like, get your head out of the clouds. Stop being this comic book girl. Because she's like, there is no big, there is no little Hulk and big Hulk. Like, and no, you're not going with me. Like, no. Um, 
So her parents were like, you're not going at all. You're not going at all. Oh, that costume. That was the funniest okay. part. One of the, my favorite parts of the whole show. But one of, as, a, as a dad to kids, one of the most like gut-wrenching scenes. Because like it was so hilarious. And you see her dad's face when she just shuts him down. And you you feel bad. You're like, dude, I'll go to AvengerCon with you. But before... And then not only... I love the costumes because it looks like Hulk for the most part. But they even add like their own little like touches to it. Like it's got the collar and the decorations around the seam. I love the costumes. I hope we get like a rendition costume of that like at Halloween time where you can be Big Hawk and Small Hawk. Like that'd be tight. We know what Lewis and his kids are going to do for Halloween. <laughs> I really do hope someone recreates that. And props to the mom who got those costumes ready in like two hours. So Right. <laughs> um. But yes, I also would not have, at 16, would not have let my mother no. put me in that thing. Absolutely and, not. And my dad would not have been going with me looking like that. No. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Would have been I like, would have Dad, you can reaction. go with me. You can go with me. But you are not wearing that. Please take off whatever that greenness is on your face. Like, you can wear a trash bag if you want, but you are not wearing that. Um, so... She's like, yeah, no, this isn't going to happen. Her parents are like, yeah, no, this is not going to happen. So she decides that she is going to animate her experience and uh, explain her new plan to Bruno. And they are going to sneak out and go to the party anyways, or the AvengerCon anyways. And then they're going to get dressed there and they're going to have the contest and she's going to win. And then she's going to be back home in her bed before her parents can realize she's gone at 9 44 p.m um yeah plan does not go the way she anticipated it's the it's the complete opposite uh yes so at first her they missed the first bus the they get on the bus and her bike gets left behind and they're like hey no way that bike is going to be there when you get back uh, once they get to AvengerCon, they are having the best time, and there are so many Easter eggs, like, we can't even describe them. Like, as soon as I saw, like, the guy dressed like M'Baku outside of, I was like, is, look at it. David did that! Look, it's David! <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen David's cosplay as M'Baku, it's great. Ask him to see it, or go stalk his social media. Yeah, um, on our and Instagram, I was like, too. Yeah. A couple, couple times. Scroll around. So go go look for that. Um, they get inside. They're having the time of their lives doing all of these things. There's so many hysterical references. Like you can see, like the statue of Captain America. Like, but it's it's like a parody one with his assets accentuated. <laughs> and it says, "You're welcome, America." <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, what were some of your favorite things you guys saw at AvengerCon? I think mine would be definitely the Captain America. The drawing of Captain America on the notebook was hilarious. It was the same thing, but it's like over-exaggerated his rear. Um, I think my, my favorite thing is, though, probably the just nostalgia of all the movies throughout the MCU in AvengerCon. Like, you almost get distracted with the storyline, pointing those out. It reminded me of the Leonardo DiCaprio meme when you're sitting there holding a drink and you're pointing 
just pointing your finger at the TV screen like, yeah, that's that, and that's this. Uh, overall, though, I think my favorite thing would probably be the Captain America references. All of them throughout the entire show were hilarious. They really were. Um, Brianna? Yeah, I was like, I feel like I was so overwhelmed by that, and I was only watching it on the screen, that it's hard to even think about all of them and remember it. I just remember being... Like loving just like the over the top decor and all of the lights and yeah I still I do remember the lovely Captain America figurine but I was like um, Disney will never make this but I will want to own it um, but overall yeah I think it was just the general atmosphere that I love so much because I was like this has never been like a con that I've been to and this is a straight up this is a party maybe her mom was right like I want to go and like what's crazy. Is for us, it would be media that we've consumed. Like, Mm -hmm. these are not real people. But for her, like, in her world, these are real people. Mm -hmm. Like, these are, like, your heroes. They're real heroes. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that, like, all of these people are real for her. Yeah. Think about how much we love them as movies what these people in this universe would be like for these characters. Yep. So they're calling for everybody to get dressed in their Captain Marvel costumes for the Captain Marvel um, costume contest. She goes to the bathroom. Oh, we totally forgot that uh, Bruno made her some really cool gloves. Yes. And they were supposed to be a highlight of her costume and she didn't wear them. She had gone through the art of like some of the um, family heirloom type stuff in the attic because he told her she needed to add something that was like her charm. Um, and he told her specifically to find something Pakistani that he could add, she could add to the costume to make it her own. So she had found like a bangle bracelet that had belonged to her grandmother, I suppose. Yeah. Well, and, and then that bracelet was brought up because she said, why is grandma dropping all this stuff off? And she pulls out that bangle and goes, what is this? And the mom goes, that, that is junk. Like, that is trash. Like, like so mom yeah. or something. Mom, yeah. Well, because mom tells her too, like, <laughs> mom makes a comment. We'll get to, we'll get to that. But, um, At the end. Yeah. So we um, see her getting ready. She forgets the gloves, can't get the bangle on. Walks back out and Bruno's like, where's the gloves? And she's like, I forgot I'm in the bathroom. Should I go back? And he's like, no, you don't have time. You have bang- you have the bangle. So they figure out how to get the bangle on. And as soon as the bangle goes on, you start to see her body glowing and her, she's getting these powers enacted and it's, she's like falling through different realms and it is the coolest thing in the world. And then she goes on stage and she is struggling with the transformation and the lights flashing in her eyes and stuff. It's, it's all, she's just sensitive to it. So she kind of puts her hands up to stop and block and boom. Outcomes. I don't even know what you would call. Cosmic. Yeah. It's just like this cosmic energy, cosmic energy. We do see that she can embiggen her hand, which is what Captain Marvel is known for. Um, so she has like her typical power or not Captain Marvel, uh, Miss Marvel is, um, and it's just all over the place. And then she knocks off, was it Wasp's head? I think Ant-Man. Uh, Ant-Man, Was yeah. it Ant-Man? It was Ant-Man. I was like, I can't remember. 
It's like I remember it was being like red and gray. It was it was Ant Man. She knocks Ant Man's head off accidentally with her powers, and he, his head like goes rolling all around AvengerCon, knocking everything over, destroying it. And then Zoe kind of gets in the way of what? What was it swinging? Was it Majora? Uh, it was yeah. Thor's it, was, it was Jonathan. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so it was the hammer. So. <laughs> So Thor's hammer is like swinging and she tells her to Zoe to move and she doesn't move. Zoe gets hit, pulls her back out. She's swinging all around. Um, and then before Zoe can get very hurt, she has to reach out and grab her. So she's able to stretch her arm long enough to catch her and then pull it back to her body at which point bruno is like we have to get you out of here right now let's go let's go mind you people are recording all of this it's happening uh so they get back to her house she is like i i really have powers i have actual powers and she asks him not to tell anybody he's trying to lift her back onto the roof to get into her bedroom and she doesn't need his help she can get little sparkies out of her feet and fly herself up there. So at least I'm assuming as she was able to jump a little bit higher, I'm assuming she'll be able to fly. But um, did I miss anything you guys wanted to talk about? Uh, Before. So uh, through like the, uh, the con, I don't think so. I think we hit it all. The Ant-Man's head rolling was for me, that part took me <laughs> storyline a little bit. I was like, this thing is gaining momentum really fast <laughs> off like, no. a 10-foot fall. Like, that part pulled me out of the story just a little bit. And then when it went busted to the wall and Thor's hammer came falling down, I'm like, oh, my gosh. This just took a whole left turn right now. It did but, me, too. I do remember being like, that thing would not roll like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a motor on it. <laughs> so, actually, um, in the comic books, she has to rescue Zoe at that party that she sneaks out of her house to go to. So it's an actual party in the comic books with all the things that her mom was worried about. Um, and Zoe is there and she has to rescue Zoe the night of her terogenesis. Um, so she, again, rescued Zoe at AdventureCon. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Zoe was also wearing the outfit that her mom like, so you look at her outfit, it wasn't nowhere near tight, but Zoe's rocking the tightest Miss Mar- or Captain Marvel costume that her mom would have not have approved of. Listen, we're not going to judge Zoe for how she chooses to... You do you, Zoe. I'm not saying I have similar costumes or anything. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so, <laughs> she gets back into her room and we see one of the animations pop on the screen and it is not 944 it is 1111 my favorite number and she steps into her bedroom thinking she's safe but lo and behold her mother is sitting there brianna do you want to talk about their conversation well i don't know if i remember enough of it i know she again talks about um like being her head in the clouds and the mom and then i know Kamala says something. I knew you would just tell me a story about it. I don't know if it was her grandma or her aunt. I think it was her grandma. I think it was her grandma, yeah. Because I think that ties back into the Bengals where Boy Withers. Um, I, I remember all. I, one thing I thought was very like 
just what you think about she was like why are you trying to be so rebellious and Colin's like I'm not like she's like I just want to be a normal teenager like she's like I want to do teenager things and that was something that I feel like a lot of us could relate to as a teenager well guess what you don't get and, to be a normal teenager Spider-Man learned this yeah you have superpowers now and now there's a little bit more going on but her mom asked her do you want to be good or do you want to have your head up in the cosmic clouds and she's so she like throws herself in her bed after and realizes like she's got the power surging through her and she's like cosmic <laughs> but even like the artwork that she has on her her walls in her bedroom like the whole vibe of her bedroom is so like miss marvel i mean it's so um captain marvel like the way that the comics were illustrated and drawn that's that vibe. And at one point, like, you can see Carol Danvers. Like, did you see the the image of Carol Danvers? And she had, like, a rainbow, like, behind her. I do remember that. Was that in the room? or It was in a, in a room. I, can't, I think it was in I was room. like, there was definitely a Carol Danvers, like, on one of the city walls, too. And I'm like, they're all kind of blurred together. Uh, yeah, they are. There, <laughs> there was a lot of Easter eggs and a lot of animation. I was like, I wonder if that rainbow signifies, like, LGBTQ plus. Yeah for carol um i don't know it was it's all just there's so much to digest i can't even (laughs) can't even pinpoint uh so we do get a oh and then the post credit the the not even the post credit scene but just like the the credits rolling all of the animation all of the easter eggs popping up in those and like the opening credits they were just Easter egg after Easter egg for the creative team because a lot of the people that worked on Miss Marvel worked on um, Captain Marvel. And a lot of the um, – I don't even know what I'm trying to say at this point. There were a lot of Easter eggs that tied directly back into the comics and to Captain Marvel. Something that I thought was really cool is that the – the music and the script, they did not want, um, they like, they went to Kevin Feige when they like first started talking about this project and they wanted South Asia, Southeast Asian and Muslim women to be part of the music and, or so the songwriting and the script writing. So they, they put it together a really great team. Because that's something that we talked about a lot when Rachel and I were doing Visology was giving that like authentic buy-in to the cultures that we're representing. And instead of just being like, oh, I am going to have some white Catholic guy write about this Muslim teenage girl. It, it just doesn't have that buy-in. And it's kind of like that's where prejudices and stereotypes get played into in media. So I thought it was really special that they put together a more appropriate team for this. And that is something that Marvel is trying to do um, more often. So I like that the MCU and Disney in general is, is giving more buy-in to other cultures and um, ideologies. And that would be my rant. <laughs> uh, anything you guys want to talk about before we get to the post credit scene? I don't think so. I feel like I'm just over here blabbering a million miles. Um, post credit. Because I'm like, as we're talking about it, I'm like, man, why do I feel like I've missed so much? 
So it's definitely going to be watching it on Wednesday when it comes out, but watching it on Friday, Wayne, before we go live. Yeah. I have to rewatch. I had to rewatch it a couple times because there's, like we said, there's so many Easter eggs. You cannot get them all the first time. I don't even think you can get them all the second time. There are a, a lot. And I don't even know if we can count them as Easter eggs because they are just part of her life. Like, right. They aren't things that were hidden. It was, this is just reality now. Right. It's um, her reality. So we did get a post-credit scene. Yes. And we saw what I believe to be the Department of Damage Control. Uh, Cop from Spider-Man. Yes. And they don't really like superheroes. No. They don't really, they like to um, investigate superheroes and figure out how they work. And so that took me back to Inhumans and Agents of Shields, like Hydra capturing Inhumans and trying to figure out how they work, like what, what their powers were, how they could use them. Um, so that was kind of the vibe I was getting, but we did see two agents and they saw the video of her at AvengerCon and her having powers. And they were like, that's not part of a costume. Like everybody at AvengerCon was like, oh, cool costume. Like, how'd you do that? And so he's like, can I book you for a party? <laughs> and um, when I have their names here. Do, do, do. I know Cleary is the guy. Um, I don't remember her name, but yeah, they were in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming because they, that's when they were first introduced into the MCU, I believe, because they were um, collecting things from the, um, the Chitauri invasion. So DODC, Department of Damage Control, Sees the video of Kamala Khan. She is shooting out her little cosmic whatever she's got going on. And now they say we have to find her. Which is not going to be a good thing for Kamala. And it's not going to be a good thing for Kamala's mom, who wants her to be a normal teenage, like, not a normal teenage girl, but yes, a normal teenage girl. Um, and, like, just get her head on straight. And stop living in this cosmic world. So she's going to have to uh, figure out who she is and what she wants to be very quickly. And figure out how to break that to her parents. Or run from the DODC her whole life. (laughs) I know. I was like, oh, when are they going to show? I mean, I'm sure it's going to be soon. But I'm just like, uh, that's the first thing I thought was too. It was like, oh, that's going to break some stuff for the mom. Yeah. I love it. the first thing I was like oh they're like gonna bring in Kamala and I'm like oh how's her mom gonna take that I'm curious too like what Ooh. what does it open up for either MCU characters we've already seen or MCU characters we haven't seen that we want to see because uh, obviously previously with Doctor Strange them bringing in characters that everyone was waiting for so really curious to see what they're gonna do because I think after Endgame Every single MCU movie and or show was actually, well, I don't think Moon Knight had it, but every show or something 
has always had a little bit more going for you. You're like, wait, that leads into this. That leads into that. So I'm curious to see with that. Mephisto. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, no, it seems like every show. Oh, man. I can never pronounce the name. Every TV show has that name attached to it. I had WandaVision. WandaVision, that it was all over the place. Every episode that was coming out, they're like, oh, that's who's coming next. And I was like, okay, we'll see. So Loki, we'll see where it goes now. Yes. So I think that's it for our recap for episode one. There were a couple other things we did want to talk about. Um, One I'm super excited about. Um, MCU is officially working on a script for a Thunderbolts movie. So that is basically think of all the misfits that we have seen um, in the series so far and think about them all being together like US agent. Like I think he's, we're going to see him. Um, Thunderbolt Ross. Which is which? I was curious about that one because I mean, now that the actor has passed away, I wonder if we're going to get like a younger version, or we're going to pick up where we're used to seeing them. Uh, I'm curious how that goes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I can only guess, but I don't think that they could do Thunderbolts without him. Yeah. Another name that keeps circulating too is uh, Winter Soldier, and that's an interesting play because I think we've kind of seen him go full circle now. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Oh, because he at one point was in the comics. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that is yeah, but we have kind of seen him come back to the the good side of things. So basically, like if you want to think about the Thunderbolts, think of them as Marvel's Suicide Squad. They're, they're, I wouldn't, I don't want to call them villains per se. They're, they're like anti-heroes. The, yeah, they're like the runner up of who didn't get the throne. So they're like, oh, gosh, I guess this is where I put in. So like Yelena. Yeah. Uh, Yelena would be one. She couldn't be Black Widow. So she gets to be Yelena now. But Yelena's a baddie. Um Taskmaster, Abomination, Ghost. These are all like possibilities. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and things that we've slowly either been hinted to or caught glimpses of um, as Easter eggs or teasers in other things that are currently part of canon, um, especially in the MCU series that we have on Disney+. Plus. Because we, where did we see Abomination cage fighting? Uh, Shang Chi. It was Shang Chi. That's right. It was Shang Chi. So, all of these things have, are slowly kind of being like trickled out for us. Um, and then, Lewis, I know you wanted to talk about. It was uh, Disney pulling out of Comic Con. Yeah, San Diego Comic Con. Um, yeah. I'm go curious. ahead. Do you want to talk about that one? Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious your guys' thoughts on it. Uh, me, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm mixed reviews. If Disney's pulling out of Comic-Con, strictly just Disney, meaning Disney, Pixar, stuff like that, they don't usually have a big presence there, but they do have a presence, then I'm all for it. Them pulling out with Marvel, I'm not okay for unless they decide to go all in on something similar to like Star Wars Celebration, where it's like 
Avengers Con or something like that, where we're not just going to have a booth about Marvel. Everything's going to be about Marvel. And if they go that route, I'm all for it. But I don't think if they're pulling Marvel out of Comic-Con, I'm not 100% for it because that's like a third of Comic-Con right there. So unless they're going to give us something times 10 better, leave it right where it's at. You can pull Pixar, Disney, Star Wars, the rest of that out of there. I mean, Star Wars has some comics, but a lot of people are more into like the books, the shows, the movies, stuff like that. So I, I'm, I'm mixed on that, but I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. Um, I personally don't think that Disney is benefiting at all from being at Comic-Con when they can create their own or just introduce things at D23. So I think that selfishly they're doing it for their own reasons because being at Comic-Con doesn't directly benefit them. And most of their highest profiting sales right now are because of Marvel projects. So I am hoping, like you, they are going to create something like Celebration. But I have heard that D23 this year is going to be heavy Marvel. Heavy Marvel. So while it sucks for people who want to go to Comic-Con and consume Marvel stuff, it, that's not hurting Disney at all. For, for people to, it just gets them money that they don't have to split with anyone else. Yeah, it's like that's exactly what I thought of when I first heard it was, well, they get more control over their money and they've got D23 this year after pushing it back a year. They've got they've got stuff to announce. Yeah. So strategically, it's a financial choice that they're making, I believe. Yeah. Um, and they just want to separate themselves from other comic companies. Well, like, obviously, they don't. But they want to just kind of like separate their brand. That, if I'm not mistaken, D23 and Celebration. Well, Celebration happens, I think, every year, but on opposite coast. And D23 is every other year, if I'm not mistaken. Still yeah. here. Time. So if they were to have Marvel be opposite coast of Star Wars every year, then they're occupying the East and the West every summer. And it's not like they can't still have a small presence at Comic-Con if they did it earlier in the year. Or gave Marvel their own month. I mean, heck, May is almost strictly Star Wars now at Disney Parks, Disney merchandise, everything. So if they were to say, like, hey, there's a month. April would be tight because a lot of the MCU movies originally started releasing every April. Now it's throughout the year. So April would be kind of cool. If you did that, you go put up the A as well. Yeah, I'm curious to hear David's thoughts on that. But I think it's just Marvel kind of trying to... Or Disney trying to dominate over what's theirs. Yes. Yeah. It's like they it, they have the power to do it, and people are still going to follow and consume. So at this point, they're like, it doesn't benefit us to be there, which is kind of screwed up, and it's kind of <laughs> selfish, but. There's not much else we can do unless we choose to stop consuming it. And I'm not going to. Sorry, I wasn't going to Comic-Con anyways. <laughs> so, so, sorry, Comic-Con peeps. If Disney does pull out with their Marvel stuff, I guess you'll just have to buy tickets to D23. <laughs> or watch it online like the rest of us. Yeah, because it's pretty much sold out. So, Yeah, D23 right now. I mean, they just announced most of the big panels. 
And so I can only imagine as the months go on what they're going to announce next. And it's going to be slam packed. And that's the thing about D23. I almost wish they'd do something like the small music show or uh, tours, Coachella and Stagecoach. They, they do two weekends now. I almost wish D23 was like, hey, we're going to go in from Friday to Sunday to the, and then the following Friday to Sunday. Because sometimes three days is a lot. I want to go. Right. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, I would love that, but also I know how rough that would be on vendors and guests and travel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, like, with Coachella, it's like, okay, I can go one weekend and not go the next and I'll be okay. But, like, with all of the stuff that Disney drops at D23, I could not. I could yeah. not. Like, the FOMO would be so real. It's like, I either better miss all of it or I don't, I'm not going at all. Like You picked the wrong weekend and then everything I picked the wrong weekend. the next weekend, like, or the weekend before. Oh, God. That, that would break my heart in a million pieces. Um, is that all the Marvel news that you guys wanted to talk about? Anybody else have anything else? Anybody catch Spider-Man uh, hit the building? Oh my gosh. I yeah. did see that. Well, you sent me that, Lewis. Yes. Um, the Spider Man animatronic, he uh, didn't hit his mark. He no. broke down the side of a building. I legit didn't believe it at first because there was someone on TikTok, I don't know, probably a year ago that faked it, that faked the Spider Man crashing into the building. So I was like, oh my God, it's another fake. And then I was like, oh no, too many people are catching on. This one must not be fake. But hats off to Disney for having a backup plan because the audience <laughs> after, like, during that stunt, as soon as like they realize like oh he's not gonna do his job today, uh, they had, <laughs> there's no soft landings there, and stuff like that. They had uh, audio to play in, and apparently that building was built to be like if that's like a fail switch. Like if he doesn't make it, that's why that building's there. And then they were out that same day replacing those panels, and, and I was like wow. So they were just waiting for this to happen, and hats off to Disney for taking care of it. Yeah, they handled that like champs because I mean, obviously, it's machinery, like it's, it's technology. Funny. It's not going to work a hundred percent of the time, especially when it's something that is still kind of new for them. Mm-hmm. So it's a bug. They're good. They're bound to be bugs that they have to figure out and work through. And the more that they use things over time, like look at all the maintenance some of our favorite rides need mm-hmm. regularly. So I mean, it's bound to happen. But I am glad to hear that they, you know, had the phrases ready to go and that the building was there as a fail safe. So it's pretty cool. Anything will they, else? <laughs> will they treat it like a foul ball at a baseball game? Like if yeah. you come the building, I catch it. Can I keep it like a foul ball or are they going to take it back from me? Like I'm curious. Uh, they are definitely going to take them back from you. And if you put up a fuss, they are going to escort you out. <laughs> <laughs> Probably with a lifetime ban. So I guess you decide yeah. how much, how much you like the parks. <laughs> <laughs> I am saying I'm clearing 10 feet distance from that thing. I didn't touch it. I didn't even look at it. <laughs> I, I'm curious. I'm curious all the kids that saw that. Like, that's the part I thought about. Like, how many kids walked away by like, Spider-Man? He's what happened? Yeah. I'm sure there was at least yes. Oh, that's so mean to think about this poor kid just being like, Mom, is Spider-Man okay? And then I'm curious, did he come out and do the meet and greet? Because if he crashed. What they did they still do they still do the meet and greet like hey uh, it was all part of the show no they shouldn't they just have him you know shake him out he's like I'm Spider Man I'm invincible like yeah he is pretty invincible so yeah just come out a little little rough dusting off the 
his shoulder a little bit. <laughs> Maybe a little limp. Be like, hey, did you see that landing? I couldn't even hit that thing. <laughs> even uh, superheroes fall sometimes, kids. There it is. See, look, all the responses ready to go. Any other news we want to cover? I don't think so. I think that's it. Uh, we miss David. So, hi, Blurred Hulk. Uh, if there's more you want to talk about, I, I'm sure next time we'll add it, David. Um, but thanks for joining us this time, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Marvel Tribe and our recap of episode one of Miss Marvel. And we will see you next week with episode two. Bye. Bye.